welcome back to a special mini-episode of the Service Design Podcast. We're looking forward to the Service Design Global Conference in October and had a brief chat with Shanna Sigal, one of the organisers of the conference. Find out about the theme, what to look forward to and where to visit in Toronto. Look forward to seeing you all there. We are speaking now to Shanna Sigal, who is one of the organizers of the Service Design Global Conference for 2019. Welcome, Shanna. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Could you uh, please uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. So uh, my name is Shanna Sigal, and I live here in Toronto, Canada. Currently, I work for the province of Ontario, which is our provincial governing body. I am the senior manager of the experience design team at the Ontario Digital Service, which is a unit within our provincial government that is tasked with helping with modernization and transformation of many of our government services to be more user-friendly, easier to navigate and sort of join the more digital landscape that we increasingly find ourselves living in. So I uh, have a team of about uh, between 20 and 30 people. It fluctuates because we're very cognizant of mentoring and building up the younger generation of design thinkers and service designers. So we frequently have a large cohort of co-op students and interns that work with us. So it means the team is is large, but also constantly in flux, which is exciting. I'd also uh, work. And we work on various different products across all of our government services. So one of the things that makes the role so exciting is that we touch almost every aspect of people's lives. So we work with transportation, with health, environment, education, the digital uh, justice services, community and social assistance, the whole thing. Before I came to government, I didn't really think about, I guess I took for granted how integral government is to our everyday lives. And now I'm really seeing that firsthand. It's very exciting. And you also have a a background that wasn't in government, right? You were a partner and director of a design firm. Yes, exactly. So I'm, I'm relatively new to government. So my eyes are, you know, wide open all the time. But for 15 years prior to coming to government, I ran a small consulting firm with two partners. It was called Usability Matters. It had a very good reputation here in Canada. So Canadian listeners will probably remember Usability Matters. And we were one of the first user experience design firms in Canada that just specialized only in the user research, usability, front-end design of various different types of products. And... Again, that was a great experience because it was wide-reaching. You know, we had clients in so many different verticals, retail, financial, education, philanthropy, you know, you name it, we worked for it. Surprisingly little government work, actually, so that <laughs> that's kind of ironic. But it was great to be in the early days of the 
design movement and to really help bring this notion of being user-centered into the common organizational and business landscape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before we uh, started the interview, we uh, decided to look up Ontario uh -huh. and we, we realized that it's actually like it has more inhabitants than Belgium, where we are from, and that the size is, I don't remember, but it's like yes. 14 times as big as Belgium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, before we started talking, I was, I was mentioning that Toronto is a very big city. Now, I'm going to revise my numbers a little. It's the, I believe it's the fifth largest city in North America. So it's bigger than Chicago, which actually surprises many people. Mm -hmm. Also, though, you know, in Canada, many, many people live in the cities. So <laughs> there's a lot of people in, in Toronto, but overall in Canada, maybe not quite so many when you compare it to other parts of the world. But one thing that's so exciting about Toronto is it's really becoming a tech center. So right on the heels of like the Silicon Valleys and the, you know, other parts of the world that are well known for technological expertise, Toronto is really starting to become known for that and forefront of that. And I think it's so important when we talk about technological innovation that we don't forget that it's actually about people and that mm -hmm. people are the ones who use the technology. And so we need to always be thinking about designing things and building things that are primarily for the service of people and not for the service of the bottom line or the political agenda or anything like that. It has to be about people. And that's one of the reasons why service design, I think, is so exciting and such an interesting field, because really it finds that core in all the individuals who are involved in presenting a service, you know, be it the people who are consuming the service or the people who are developing the service. And um, I think that before service design started to become more well-known in North America, We didn't have a, an understanding of that, and, and that's why I'm so glad that organizations like Service Design Network are around, because it really helps bring that into the forefront. Mm -hmm. How would you say the service design scene in uh, Toronto is compared to the other parts of the world? Well, it's definitely not as well developed as it is in Europe. So Europe is really leading the charge. So we look to, to Europe frequently for examples, especially to you know the UK government um, digital services and things that are happening in Estonia and all these parts of the world. And um, Toronto is definitely ignited. The spark has been has been lit, uh, and now it's a matter of working that into the everyday practice of people who are involved in service delivery. So we're we're you know new, but we're getting there. We will get there, I'm sure. Well, the conference is a, an important uh, event uh, concerning that. It is, yeah. <laughs> so we are actually speaking to you because you are uh, co-organizing uh, the conference. Can you tell us a bit more how, uh, how that happened? Sure. So we started um, thinking about having a service design conference about five years ago. Uh, and at that time, there really wasn't very much of a service design scene in the city. But a few of us who are working in design firms in Toronto thought, oh, it would be great to get people together and just, you know, have conversations about this topic and see who else is practicing. And there's very few people, even still in, in Canada, who hold the title service designer. Um, it's, it's really quite new. If you look up on the job sites and the job boards, you're not going to find that many. Um, but 
we decided to start small and we put together a very small national conference, uh, the first one that was held in Canada about four years ago. And I think it was maybe about 100 people or so. And we met at um, one of the universities. And it was it was lovely. And there was enough of a interest in the field that we thought, well, let's try this again the, the following year. So we did that. And it was a great success. We held it at one of the public libraries here, which was a perfect venue for it because it's an institution that's so geared towards servicing people from across all um, walks of life. And because that one was so great, we thought, well, you know, we should try and expand it a little bit out of Toronto. And so we held the third one in Montreal um, and then we expanded it to two days and to about 300 uh, people. And the success of that uh, led some of the members of the committee to make a bid for hosting the global. And that's how we got to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Great. And, and when will this conference uh, be a success for you? When will you be really happy at the end of it? Well, I think we'll be happy if people can look back on it and say that it changed their their practice or their life in some way, that they had something that they can take back from it that will be useful for their everyday um, professions and that will help them think a bit more holistically about the services that they provide. Some folks are coming because they're trying to get service design started within their organization. Some folks are coming because they're embarking on a career in that field and want to enhance their capabilities. Um, Some people are coming because they have information to impart to others. So there's a wide range of reasons why people will come. And I think if they can look back on it and say they they learned something or met somebody new or have a new tool to bring back to their lives, then that would be a success. Great. This year's team is building uh, bridges. Uh How did you uh, decide it on the team and what does it really uh, mean to you guys who are organizing? Well, I'm actually not sure how the theme got decided, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but once I heard, oh, actually, no, that's not true. Let me dig back in my memory. There were a number of submissions provided during one of the events at the Montreal conference, if I recall correctly. Wow, it seems like a like a, a long time ago now. So <laughs> when you talk to other people, they may have a different recollection of this, and that's fine. Um, but a number of suggestions were forwarded in an online forum. And I believe this might have been one of those, or it was com- uh, sort of put together from some of the different themes that emerged. Uh, we also had a workshop uh, early on in the in the conference planning And I think that a number of the themes that were submitted were discussed then as well. Um, it's, been a, it's been a very busy year for me. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I believe that's how it started. And I think it's really an exceptional theme. I think it's very appropriate um, because, you know, as I mentioned, so much of service delivery is, is bridging a gap between, you know, a thing that has to be done and the person who has to do it or, uh, you know, a policy that's gone into place and a way that it has to be enacted. And there is a bit of a gulf sometimes between those two endpoints. And so service design provides the bridge that allows both of those points to meet. And so that's why I think it's really, it really is a very appropriate theme and a good one. Yeah, I do think it's a very appropriate metaphor also for for our work. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're often bridges just between different individuals who work in the same company, but somehow never interact uh, in real yes. life, even though yes. they're working on the same thing. Absolutely. 
you're also going to be giving a, a talk yourself. I am. What, what is that going to be about? Um, so my talk is called Bridge Over the River Research, because uh, I wanted to really work with the theme. Being on theme. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe a little cheesy. But, um, but what I have found in my new role since coming to government is uh, one of the things we really do struggle with is research, especially with members of the public, which I was a bit surprised um, to see. And again, I think this has to do with the nascent nature of service design in Canada. Um, as a as a government organization, we're actually reticent sometimes and loath to talk to our constituents, to put ourselves in the places where they are and hear their sort of raw experiences. Government culture can be a little risk averse at times, and I think there's a bit of fear around the methods, the tools, the perception of what the research is about. Um, but we really can't deliver good services unless we are face-to-face with the folks who are delivering them and also consuming them. Um, so my talk is about the perception and challenges that I've encountered since joining the organization and then the things that we're doing to overcome those. I'm hoping that other people who face the same issues will be able to at least um, take heart that they're not alone, if nothing else, um, and perhaps learn a few things from, from our experiences. And, you know, I say government because that's the realm I'm in right now. But when I talk to some of my uh, colleagues who are in larger organizations, for example, financial institutions and so forth, they actually face some of the same challenges as well. So it's not something that's particular to one vertical or one industry. Um, it's really about overcoming that uh, expectation that the deliverers of the service are the experts and finding ways that are creative and that are interesting to get into the hearts and minds of the people who the services are going to be for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I will for sure come and listen to your talk. Something I noticed because we work for a government quite a lot as well yeah. is that they do do a lot of research, but it's more like evaluation of uh, services they have. Yeah. But then if you think about uh, future and implementing new products uh, or services, it's something which indeed they, they are afraid of doing the design research part to uh, discover is this the right uh, way of implementing a new service? Or, and that's something I, th- I realize in Belgium that is like a big, uh, big struggle. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a thought that the folks who do the policy are already the experts and so that they, they know. And it's true. They are experts in devising a policy. But when it comes down to actually executing it and um, putting it into the public service, service design tools are the are the best things for that and we just don't have those practitioners in in our government right now we have in my unit we have uh we have a range of different types of designers and of service designers we really only have like three or four you know mm-hmm. and the public service in ontario is sixty five thousand people so <laughs> we have some some uh places to grow that's for sure yeah, it's exactly uh, the same here. Like yesterday, I was in a workshop, was for a part of the Belgian government, and they were saying that they had four UX designers. So it's not service designers, it's really people designing screens. Mm-hmm. Next to that, they have 300 developers and about uh, 40 business uh, analysts. Yeah, yeah. And our, our numbers are similar. You know, my team, which is 
quite large considering the design teams are very new to government. Mm -hmm. That's a mix of user researchers, service designers, and UX designers. And, um, and yeah, you know, in, there's a, just a handful of each practice. So, mm -hmm. so I saw the, uh, the program for the conference is, uh, is up on the, on the website. Mm -hmm. Is there anything uh, that you are looking forward to seeing yourself, a particular talk or a workshop? Well, I'm so nervous about doing my own talk that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole organization. <laughs> Yes, basically, I'll be able to breathe after after that. Um, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the speakers from other countries because when we were doing the Canadian conference, it was mostly Canadians, and then we had a sprinkle of of folks from the um, United States. But I would really be interested in seeing some of the contributions from a, around the world for sure. Um, <clears throat> and the location is very interesting this year. It's at an old brick factory. So I think it's going to be great for conversation. I often find that the best part of the conference is when you, you know, run into somebody in the in the hall or at the cafe or what have you, and you just get to talking. And I've met some people through through that that have just been really wonderful examples of the kind of work that we all want to do. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, definitely true. Um, speaking of people coming from uh, from abroad. Uh, For us, it's also going to be the first time uh, in visiting Toronto, and I'm sure for many other people, mm -hmm. uh, as somebody in Toronto, do you have any any tips that we also need to see outside of the conference? Well, Toronto is an incredible city, and it's extremely well known for its food. <laughs> so it's very, very diverse. There is so many different nationalities that have made their homes in Toronto. So I would strongly recommend trying to get out to one of the neighborhoods and, and sample some of the food. It's a city of neighborhoods, so it's very sprawling. It's a it's a it's a much larger city than people might think. So I would say. Just remember that when you're going around mm -hmm. Toronto, it's accessible and there's lots of public transit, but um, places are far away from each other. Um, so it really sort of uh, has developed this atmosphere of neighborhoods where the neighborhoods are quite distinct and very vibrant. And most of them have a main sort of strip that you can really enjoy and spend almost a whole day. So my favorites are um, the Queen Street Strip. So Queen is one of the longest streets in Toronto. It goes all the way from one city, one end of the city to the other. Um, I live on the very east end of Queen Street where uh, there's a beach. That's the other thing. People don't often think of Toronto as a waterfront city, but it, but it is. Uh, and you can take the streetcar all the way from the very, very east end all the way to the west and ride through a number of different neighborhoods, including the heart of downtown. So if somebody has a day to explore, Queen Street is, is a great choice. Um, and then also the areas around sort of the High Park in the West, uh, traditionally sort of a Eastern European Polish neighborhood, great for dumplings and, and all that sort of thing. And then Toronto also has four different Chinatowns, which are well worth exploring as well. Uh, there's really no end to the things you can do here. Wow, great. We are really looking forward forward to it, especially the conference. But now that you're uh, talking about Toronto, uh, we still have to decide how many days we stay after the conference. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure we will uh, reconsider that a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. October is a lovely time to come because it's not hot. 
you know, Toronto has very, very hot summers. So <laughs> uh, October is great. The colors are starting to change. So you'll see a little bit of the of the fall colors and uh, and it's a great temperature and nice for walking around. Great. Thank you so much for uh, already giving us a bit of an insight into uh, the conference and good luck with organizing uh, the rest uh, of the yeah. conference. And getting ready for your own uh, talk. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. About that. <laughs> Time to get cracking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank look, you. Uh, look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes, or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org. And for Night Moves, visit nightmoves.be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. The intro and outro music is from If the Stars Grow Dim Tonight by Hydrogen C, featuring I Will, I Swear. Until next time.